First communion. You excited? We're excited for you. It's awesome. And then it's Divine Mercy Sunday, too. That's amazing. And then we're going to go have breakfast together after Mass. How cool is that? Oh, and then if that wasn't enough, the old record was 18. I got 19 servers this morning. We broke the record on Divine Mercy Sunday, on First Communion Sunday. Isn't that awesome? So I want to talk about uh, why Divine Mercy? Why do we need this in our times? Of course, Pope John Paul II loved this, this devotion, truly felt it was for our times. So he canonized St. Faustina, who received this message, actually wrote a diary. Uh, he canonized her, made her a saint uh, on the turn of the millennium, in the year 2000. It was right about this time, in the year 2000, in April. And it was then that he said, okay, let's make the second Sunday of Easter, the Sunday after Easter, Divine Mercy Sunday. And he said, as he did this, he said, this is the happiest day of my life when he did that. So why do we need Divine Mercy Sunday? Well, what is mercy really all about? You know, listen, I often talk about how the first bishops, the apostles, uh, after Jesus rose from the dead, they went away, or while he was being arrested, you know, and, and everything was, you know, escalating all around them. They hid out, right? And after he rose from the dead, Mary Magdalene came, and we, I saw the Lord. And where, where, what did they do as a reaction to this? They hid out in the upper room, and they locked the door for fear of the Jews, right? So in essence, they really doubted the power of God, that God could overcome their fears. And as we saw in the gospel, Jesus came in, even though the door of their fears and their doubts was locked, he pressed through that. And then he says, and this is ultimately what he wants for all of us, peace. Peace be with you. I always remark, I haven't done it yet, but somebody should count the times the word peace is said throughout the, this Mass. A lot. And that moment just before the consecration, order our days in your peace. It's like, whoa, something's about to happen. And this is the ultimate prayer that we want because it's the first prayer that he offered to them after he rose from the dead. Peace be with you. He wants us to have peace. But then what, did he, what happened? In the first encounter, when he broke through the doors of doubt and fear and got in front of them, what did he do? He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And, and then said, listen, we want everybody to be in the kingdom of God, in that place where peace comes. Peace because we're finally, finally, acting, living, believing as we were created to be as children of God. There's an interior peace that comes from that when we finally get to that place. Okay, so he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. And I've always said, hey, you know, 
yeah, the first bishops, the, the, the first apostles, you know, they hid out in the other room, but uh, as soon as the Holy Spirit, breathed, as soon as Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit, then they went out courageously. No, they didn't. Read the story from John. So it says he did that, but then it goes on to say a week later, now Thomas is with them, they're back in the upper room, and the doors are locked. What's going on here? I thought you received the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, wait, I'll get to that in a second. And then Thomas does something that I hope we all do when we get in the presence of God. I've always said at church, you know, I lament that we kind of modernize our churches because this is just such a beautiful example where you just come through those doors there and you go, God's here. My Lord and my God. It helps us to understand that God is truly present in the Holy Eucharist here, in the tabernacle. Whoa, when we be able to see God in adoration with exposed in the, in the uh, monstrance. My Lord and my God, that's what he says. That's what God wants us to get to is that place. Okay, so now they're ready to go out courageously and spread the good news. No, not yet. So this is the second to last chapter of John's Gospel, chapter 20. The last chapter, chapter 21, is the story where Peter says, and Peter's like the boss. He's like the influencer. They kind of go by his cues, okay? Ultimately, he becomes our first pope, right? So Peter says to the boys, I'm going fishing. I'm, I'm just going to go back to what I know. That's the comfortable place. Wait a minute. <laughs> you just saw the resurrected Jesus. He breathed the Holy Spirit into him. And yet still, you're just going to... Why? Here's why. You'll see it in that scene that plays itself out. Jesus comes and says, Have you caught anything? No, we've been hard at it all night, right? We've been floundering in the darkness doing it our own way. Okay, nothing's happening. Jesus instructs them what to do. They put it over there. They lower the nets. Maximum amount. Almost tearing the nets. They bring it ashore. They have a campfire. Again, Jesus wants to relax with us. Okay, he doesn't want to be such a big deal that he's unapproachable. He dines with them. He just relaxes. He chills with the boys. He eats with them. And then he turns to Peter, and here's where mercy comes in. Do you love me? Yeah, I love you. A second time, do you love me? Yeah, I love you. A third time, do you love me? Lord, you know me, you know, you know that I love you. And each time he says, Tend to his flock, feed his sheep, right? And the last time he says, follow me. You know what's going on there? Peter had denied him three times. You know why Peter said, I'm going fishing? He doesn't want me. Look what I did. Dad, I'm just a fisherman. You know, I'm not a, uh, a PhD in theology or scripture study, you know. Let someone else do it, not me. Look who Jesus is, is coming to. He's coming to us ordinary folks. They're blue-collar workers. They're fishermen. 
Look who he appeared to in, 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 at the resurrection first. She was possessed by seven demons. She was a prostitute. She got the first look at Jesus. What's he trying to tell us? Stop it. Stop dismissing yourself, discounting yourself. I need you. And throughout salvation's history, and particularly at this time, we see that it is ordinary folks. It is horrible sinners. St. Augustine was a party animal. Yeah, and sometimes I feel like that too. Like, God, where are you? And, and so it was with them. What, did they, what didn't they receive yet? They received the Holy Spirit, but we have to cooperate. We have to believe. We have to trust that God has the power. To, to, more powerful than the devil, more powerful than evil, yes, but more powerful than our sins. And that he has the power to wipe the slate completely clean. John Paul II, by making this feast day, said, we get a plenary indulgence. You know what that is? If you go to confession within 20 days, either side of today, and receive our Lord in the Holy Eucharist today, your sins are completely forgiven, but also the punishment due sin. No, we don't stop off at purgatory for a purification time. After receiving this, we go straight to heaven. Are you kidding me? If we do what? And here's what Jesus instructed Faustina to, to write at the bottom of the image of those beautiful rays, the white ray coming out of his sacred heart that washes away everything, gives us a fresh start, says, Don't, we're not even going to talk about what you did anymore. The devil's going to try to do that. He's going to try to say, oh, well, you kind of like the boy, Peter and the boys. Well, he doesn't want me. Look, I denied him three times. I distanced myself. I don't know who he is. I've had people do that to me when things heat up, too. I know the feeling. It's not good. And Peter knew what he had done. He doesn't want me. Someone else can do it. I'm going fishing. Because why? And so Jesus said, here, you deny me three times, I'm going to work really hard right now and tell you, you're forgiven. I love you against the first denial. I love you against the second denial. I love you against the third denial. And in that moment, Peter would go, okay, I get it. Finally, Jesus, I trust in you. You are more powerful than my sins, my past. You are more powerful than the evil will face in the world. I get it. I trust in your power. I trust that you are God. A lot of people are, you know, living in fear and, and, and despair almost. They're fighting the devil under every rock, you know. Stop it! you got the power. Jesus, I trust in you. You're more powerful than that. 
And then in that moment, what happens to Peter? Well, I kind of think, you know, I, I'm like a little kid sometimes. I hope that's okay. I get giddy about things. Sometimes seem to the world maybe seemingly ridiculous things. So I'll go to pray my divine office, the breather, the priests pray every day. And I, I go to it, ooh, it's Sunday. Ooh, it's divine mercy. Ooh, it's this, that, or other thing. I hope my favorite song is there today. I did that this morning. Ooh, divine mercy Sunday. I'll bet you it's there. I'll bet you it's there. I seriously get like that. I hope that's okay. And it was. Psalm 63. You know what happens when mercy comes on us? This is what happens. Oh God, you are my God. For you I long. For you my soul is thirsting. My body pines for you like a dry, weary land without water. So I gaze on you in the sanctuary to see your strength and your glory. For your love is better than life. My lips will speak your praise. So I will bless you all my life. In your name I will lift up my hands. My soul shall be filled as with a banquet. My mouth shall praise you with joy. On my bed I remember you. On you I muse through the night. For you have been my help. And this is, if that wasn't amazing, here comes my favorite part. In the shadow of your wings I rejoice. My soul clings to you. And then, again, I'm a kid. I actually do this while I'm praying. Your right hand holds me fast. You know what I think about there? Peter doubted. He lost his trust while he was walking on water. And he started to sink. And Jesus reached down and grabbed him. Why did you doubt? Jesus is asking that all the time. Why did you doubt? He wants us to say, Jesus, I trust in you. And that happens when we say yes to the Holy Spirit, to the power of grace, to the divine mercy that Jesus wants to pour into our hearts three times after he had already breathed on him he kept coming back to reel them in yeah okay great i got this power of the holy spirit but you know i'm just going to revert to my own life because other people are more come on i think we all do that now i want to close just by saying what happens to us Christians when we get that power over us I'm going to tell you because after the third time after Jesus said I love you three times to him on that third visit when, when Peter finally said I get it Jesus I trust in you here's what happened it's accounted in the Acts of the Apostles we read it today they devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles and to the communal life, to the breaking of the bread and to the prayers. Awe 
came over everyone. And many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And then they began to share everything in common. I mean, they even sold all their property and shared it equally. That sounds kind of communist, I know, but... But my pet expression is, someone will ask me for something, I say, sure, you want my car? I seriously, if you need it more than I do, you can have it. I feel like that comes from the power of the Holy Spirit, from saying yes to his mercy. You've heard me say too, and maybe our visitors haven't heard me say, but I do evangelize impromptu when I'm at the gas station in the grocery store, you know, at the Walmart. People will see me with my collar. And they're kind of struck by that. And you can kind of see that there's a longing or a hunger in their heart. And so we strike up a conversation. It's always super pleasant. And at some point I say, I, I just want to propose this to you. I'm right down here and I describe where I'm at, where this is. You've got to come. You've got to come. And usually I'm finding out somebody's been away for 10, 30, 50 years. You've got to come. You know, the, the, the church is just so beautiful. And we offer the liturgy in such a way, it's, it's like you're in heaven. It's kind of, it's kind of um, old school. And, and literally, every single one I've ever done that, that's when they perk up. They want that. It's not like some people like it. They want that. But then I always end with this. And you are not going to believe the people. We get together every Sunday after Mass for coffee and donuts, and I say you can cut the joy with a knife. You get it. Or at least pray you keep getting it. Awe came over them, and many wonders and signs were done in their, through the apostles. We've been praying now in 90 days. We're halfway through. And the last line is, please God, bring a Holy Spirit revival to our land. I pray you believe in miracles. I do. You know, I would... I used to be real involved in the charismatic removal, renewal. I still love it. But I kind of removed myself because what always happens, and, and I shouldn't have, over a handful of people, I jettisoned, but what were they doing? Counting themselves as prophets and looking down their nose at other people. And, and the other thing, too, I, I, I squirmed about is they brought it into the holy sacrifice of the Mass. See, I believe we need a Holy Spirit uh, charismatic revival up in the school, okay? We keep this. Awe came over them, right? And I, I just have a, I, I have a need. It's becoming more and more pronounced. We're actually going to have Jonathan Kahn on our podcast in a week. Watch for that. Um, I, I just, Bishop just had a, ecumenical service with an evangelical church in the area like a week or two ago. We need each other. We need each other. And so as we're 
celebrating this Divine Mercy Sunday, as we're watching the awe and wonder of these first communicants, as we look at what happened to the first bishops, okay, they had to cooperate with the breath that they received. Finally, they did by way of Christ's mercy. Yes, I want you, Peter. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? They had to break down that doubt. Okay, yes. Boom! Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and to breaking the bread in their homes. They ate the meals in common. Exaltation and sincerity of heart. Praising God and enjoying favor with all the people. And enjoying favor with all the people. What is evangelization? Me being able to invite people to you. Because you are genuine Christians. And when they encounter you, like Peter, they can say, I get it. Jesus, I trust in you. Take me into your arms. I'm coming home. I love you all. Can't wait to have a breakfast with you. And I'm excited for our first communicants. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.